This episode of the Good Ship Brothership was recorded last minute last night, and as such, I've had no time, or desire, frankly, to uh, create a fake sponsorship. So, um, here we are, and with that in mind, here's the show. Why does one touch the spout? It's hot. Like, yeah, it, well, so is the rest of it. You don't have to, like, finger the spout like that. Mm. It's very... Stop. That's actually really gross. It's not going to do anything to you. Who knows what you've been doing with those fingies at jujitsu. Okay. You're aboard the Good Ship Brothership, the only arts podcast to cover film, music, gaming, literature, and camel racing. I'm Grant, and this is my brother Jason. Jason. Yes. What are we talking about today? You alert son of a gun, you. <laughs> today we are talking about... Roman lips. My oh. gas is really kicking in already, and it literally was not even happening before we just sat down. Let's try again. Today, we are talking about Roman lips, the Omar Rodriguez Lopez album, which has just come out a couple weeks ago. Uh, yeah. And we are also talking about the 2013 movie, Lock. 2014. 2014 movie, starring Tom Hardy and Danny DeVito. Yes. I think we should pass laws about how many times Danny DeVito should be in films. Like, there should be a, a quota that... As in, like, once per movie, twice per movie? No, that, like, a certain amount of movies have to be produced every you, year with containing Danny DeVito. Yeah, I mean, five. Also, sure. before we continue... I feel like the microphone is unusually high and it's obstructing an unusually large yeah. swath of Hang your on, face. I got it, I got it, I got it. No, yeah, you get, just loosen that one. It's, this is going to make a terrible sound, people. I'm sorry. Maybe not. It, no, Jason, I know microphones. What if I'm gentle? Not even your spatula-like <laughs> fingers can... Oh, much. No, that's too low now. Yeah, okay, that's good. That's fine. Okay, so... Do you want to flip the puppet? Yeah, let's flip the puppet. Well, shouldn't we do this first? Oh, right. Welcome aboard. Sail ho. Here we go. Howdy doody. <laughs> one, two. One, two, three. Ready? Go! Oh, we're not doing that. We're not saying That meme's over, man. It's getting loud. It's not. I guess Wait, not. No. Okay, every, every episode you do this, you're like, well, it's loud. I know it's always too quiet. This this time I really don't care about the... Can we pour the tea? Yeah, let's pour the tea. I don't care about this music. I can't give a fart about it, and I'm farting more than I'd like to. You could give a fart about it, but you're not going to. Yeah, I'm holding my farts in. Ready? Okay. Thank you. What kind of tea are we drinking? I legitimately don't know this time. um, um, Dutch missionary tea. That's a joke. You might want to stop that. Oh, yes. That, yeah. Okay. Hey. How are you today, Grant? Um, I've had indigestion all day. Now, I mean... Because it was my birthday yesterday. And it turns out that'll give you indigestion if you're not careful. Now, we do share a building. We do we do share a room. The residency. Today, I really didn't see you much at all. So, I feel like this is going to be... In some ways, a less contrived conversation, because... I got a good vocal take done today. And we also, we haven't really talked about 
the movie we're reviewing today at all, and we haven't really talked about the album very much in a critical sense. Yeah. Which is something we learned to do after, like, the first couple episodes when we would argue viciously about everything our, beforehand. Our viewpoints, yeah. and then sit down and try and have a genuine discussion. I need to cut your hair again soon, also, because it's not looking as fresh as it was. It still looks fine, don't get me wrong. But it's not crisp. Uh, uh, that's not the same as... It's not? No, I'm, I do it much better. <laughs> also, this is the the caramel whatever tea. Is that what it is? Oh. No, 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 no. It's something. No, it's some latte. Something. Mm. No, there's caramel in it. Oh, uh, crumb caramel? No. I think it's ah. called caramel dookie. <laughs> Reminds me of my youth. Okay, let's so, put the puppet. Um, Eyes Up is going to be the movie. Sure. I have no vested stake in this. Whoa, jeez. <laughs> the movie it is. Okay, so our first... Um... <laughs> okay, hang on, hang on. Oh, jeez. So my phone is plugged into this computer on a very short USB cable. Forgot about it. Picked up my phone, and it actually scared me. Like, I jumped when my phone was, like, tethered. So, You thought Sorry. it was possessed, but it's just a Blackberry. <laughs> okay, so the movie we're going to be talking about right now is... One called Locke. Oh, darn, I can't Google it. I was going to look up the director, because I'd like to do a little rundown of these things before we talk about them. We really should all just can, write them down. All, I know. Well, I wrote some stuff down. It was released March 2014. The budget was $2 million, which is tiny. Insanely tiny. But I, I think, look at the... I think roughly the size of Embrace the Serpent's budget. If I remember correctly, I think it was two mil. And one of them is a better movie than the other. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it took five mil at the office. So it... Uh, it that, that would 250% be, is good. I think that they say you have to... I don't know if this only applies to big blockbusters. Probably. But they say that after you make your budget back twice, then you start making money or something mm. like that. And now I will say... Um, Just because of ad... And this isn't even really part of a review or a judgment on it. It is a movie that I don't think... I don't think it would be, like, that good to see in a theater compared to, in, like, Mad Max. You want to see in theater. We didn't. Locke, Lock, um, I think, is better served by watching, as I think both of us did, alone in the dark. Yeah. So, how would you describe Locke? Uh, it's a, uh, a very, very simple, very straightforward, contained story about one man... Uh, whose life is falling apart, um, and it just stays with him over an uninterrupted hour and a half car drive from one place to another. And we're gonna do our level best to avoid spoilers. I don't think the I don't think the main hinge I don't think the main driver of the plot is necessarily a spoiler. Here's here's what my gauge would be. Also, it stars Tom Hardy and the the one guy who he's on the phone with a bunch. Uh, his one like co- coworker or whatever. Yeah, you know who he? No. That actor also played Professor Moriarty in the Sherlock TV series. Hmm. Yeah. So there you go. Huh. Yeah. Crazy. So what I would say is anything that happens within give or take the first fifteen minutes isn't a spoiler. Yeah. Because it happens like in the opening fifth. Is that in the opening fifteen minutes? I can't remember though. I would say so. It might be. Let's avoid it. Yeah, we'll avoid it. 
Uh, also, I, I brought up some of the IMDb goofs of Locke, which here it does say 2013, so you might be right. I kind of thought it was 2013. Um, but there are some continuity errors, errors in joke, some pretty significant errors, really, uh, which was actually quite interesting. Um, but anyway, so it stars Tom Hardy as Ivan Locke, uh, somebody who works in the concrete business. He pours the foundations for these big skyscrapers. He's the foreman. Yeah, in London. And from early on, you know, he's very passionate about what he does. You know, he he uh, views his the buildings and the work that he does with a kind of poetic um i he talks about stealing pieces of sky yeah which i was like oh that's interesting yeah um so it's it's like i said like i described it's a very contained movie uh both in terms of set and story the entire thing happens in real time as it were yeah pretty pretty much there there are are no cuts in time i don't think there are some small cuts but it's not implied that like any significant time has passed yeah uh, which normally wouldn't work. However, I I think that this movie uh, pulls it off decently well. Do you want me to do my review first? Um, let me do my review. Okay. First. Okay. Go ahead. Um, I think I really liked right off the bat. The first note I made was it was around three and a half minutes before anybody talks like at all. And What's there the no. First, do you remember what the opening shot is? It's him getting in his car, yeah, like him so walking up to his car, getting in it diesel bmw x3 um and i just thought it was a great mood setter there's some some good music going on in the background um and i mean while we're on that subject i don't know about you i thought the music was very good and really pulled the story along provided tension like provided emotional context like and it wasn't um the music was never really uh hugely standout it was kind (laughs) of Whoa. Some tea just kind of came out of my mouth there. <laughs> it was kind of, um, from what I recall, it was kind of a uh, arpeggiated electric guitar sort of. It was a very contemporary sound. It's like a, what do you call like Andy Offling? Like what genre is ambient. that? Ambient. Yeah, like it's, it was, it's ambient. It, it was sort of ambient, but it's still you know recognizable electric guitar. It's not just a wash of sound mm-hmm. or anything. But um, and a lot of times I find that kind of uh style in terms of a score lacks uh personality but i did find that it fit and sat with the uh setting very well also neither of us are wearing white wife beaters sorry sorry everybody actually okay. no wait we are we are wearing white wife beaters you'll never know okay sorry continue. so um carry on with the pros i'll kind of try and do pros and cons but it's all gonna be mixed <clears> in the movie is gorgeously shot um, for what it is, you know, there are no, you know, sweeping vistas or anything. It's mostly closer shots of him in his car or, you know, almost the whole movie is him making phone calls to other people. And so you'll see incoming call and it f- focuses on, in on like the screen in his car. Um, and just the color balance is fantastic. Yeah. It's almost not literally, of course. But in a sense, it's like almost monochrome, you know, except instead of black and white, it's blue and yellow. Almost everything is like a shade of blue and yellow with like the different lights. Um, And as we know from our art classes as children, blue and yellow opposing on the color wheel look beautiful together. Um, And also the colors really come and go 
with like the emotions, like deeper saturated colors and then like washed out stuff. I noticed that was like really well and subtly done. I, thought. I didn't notice that. Um, not not overly yeah. anyway. I think there are really interesting comparisons to Three Fourths Home, which we reviewed a couple shows ago. Yeah, you brought this up. I wish you hadn't brought it up to Sorry. me yesterday. Um, it was one of the only I, things we said. I promise, we're not because, talking behind your back. Uh, yeah, we're not um, doing this without your consent, everybody. But we are actually. We are recording these without anybody's consent. Hack you. Um, whoa. <laughs> anyway. Uh, but yeah, no, it, Jason drew this parallel between this movie and Three Fourths Home. Both are about people having issues with their families in cars, driving in real time to differing destinations. And that kind of blew my mind a little bit because I honestly hadn't even... Really? Yeah, I totally hadn't thought of that at But all. then there are also some contrasts, which... Not all of which we can get into for spoiler reasons. Well, one's a dude, one's a girl. Yep. One's having dude problems. Once we're not even sure what kind of problems she's having. And that actually brings us really neatly um, to one of my problems with Locke's narrative. I don't think it was ambiguous enough. I don't want a story that's like impossible to understand. But I kind of think that with Locke, they left like there was nothing that was left up in the air, like, no mysteries. They just told you everything, like, really straight. Well, I mean, the whole, the way the entire situation resolves is a mystery, or whether or not it even does resolve. Yeah. That's never addressed. That's true, but I mean, I suppose a good narrative to me has to have, you always have to have just as many questions as you have answers, so that you're still engaged and interested, and I just never quite felt that. I had that many questions. Um, let's see. I did put down, although I totally loved the music, it would have been interesting to see it with a more minimal score. Um, and just because it might have had a more isolated feel. Yeah. But, you know, that's just an observation. No, I, I hear you. It would have been nice to have a stretch where all mm -hmm. you hear is like the cars uh, swishing yeah. past or whatever. They have really great... Um, transition shots where like the police go by yeah and that always kind of like signals a new scene or something and yeah. so i think that things like that are really good segmenters i guess you might say um for like different acts of the story um i have a question to ask you off air about it too also i appreciate this isn't a spoiler to say there aren't really any bad guys there's a lot of conflict between like normal air quotes people um but you can kind of see where all of them are coming from and depending on your perspective anybody in the story could be a good guy or a bad guy including the protagonist yeah yeah i think that's fair mm -hmm. so overall i thought it was an interesting movie thought-provoking kind of outside the norm i didn't think it was great but i thought it was very good definitely worth a watch yeah. but i don't think it was like in my hall of greatness um, I think I liked it quite a bit more than you. Yeah. Now, I'm it's I I'm kind of conflicted about this movie because I can't find a lot that I thought was wrong with it, but I also didn't walk away going, "Wow." But then again, that's the whole point. I think the movie achieves what it sets out to do brilliantly. I think that um there are very few things that uh, I would hold against it in in terms of it going against its character. 
Yeah, and like talk about not overreaching your narrative, which we discussed, I think, last episode, maybe. Yeah. This is such a like. It's kind of been a running thread. Actually. Yeah. Basically, nobody outside of the story would have been affected, and like that's fine. And they didn't try and make it a bigger thing than it was. Well, I guess like. Yeah. It would have been very hard to overreach that yeah. narrative. Um. So it's. Uh, I think Tom Hardy's acting in it. Like, he's... Tom Hardy's amazing uh, as an actor. I think he is one of the best um, male actors in Hollywood right now. His performance was very good. I think he's... I think he's... Um, I don't think he's underrated. But I think that he hasn't necessarily been given pundits as a... In air quotes, serious actor. Yeah. That he probably deserves... Um, it, his, uh, his reactions to what's going on around him and to conversations and stuff are like very well underplayed. And it is as if he's in the car by himself and nobody's watching. Yeah. Um, and I, it was a very impressive performance. There's one, uh, conversation with his son during which he just like silently cries while talking to his son. And uh, that part wrecked me pretty hard. I didn't, like, ball my eyes out, but I was doing the same thing he was doing. The song, or the song, oh my goodness. The movie affected me very much emotionally, for sure. And that's where I'm going next, because, um, it, talk about feeling empathetic to a protagonist. Wow. Like, I was, like, in the pit of my stomach. I could feel like knots of like stress as I watched this guy uh, wade through just like this river of crap that he has brought upon himself, basically, mm -hmm, totally. and that he's owning and facing up to and that he's going to go face. And I felt like I was him in that car on my way to confront um, a mistake uh, and his resolve is total. He's totally believable as a character. Yeah. That's the thing. Not only is he totally believable as a character, but we understand him. And that's where I, you and I differ on. You didn't like how much they fleshed out his character or whatever. I thought they fleshed out his character very well. I just thought there could have been a bit more like questions, like a couple more things for you to chase mentally. Uh, maybe so, but I think the um, uh establishing him as somebody who's very proud of what he does and mm -hmm. but he still does this very like blue collar kind of work uh just pouring concrete but he loves he literally loves the concrete he think finds it poetic and um and noble in a weird way and that really establishes him as a character and how he deals with these problems so i thought um like it was a very I, I felt so empathetic and sympathetic towards him and it I really felt like I was him um you know the movie actually affected me so much that I don't know like 10 minutes out from the end I stopped and consciously thought to myself in mind I was like you know this isn't actually happening I know exactly. I was like I was like exactly. it's okay yeah this is just a story yeah it's um, exactly that sort but of at thing. the same time it's like not that it's like relatable to me personally because it's not yeah. But it's something that would be relatable to a lot of people. Like, it's not a really out-there story. It's totally not far-fetched at all. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I totally had to stop and be like, this isn't then, actually happening. Chill out. And then 
in that um, vein, it it was a tough watch. Yeah. I found it to be an incredibly tough watch, and definitely not a, a movie I'll be rushing back to see. No. Um, and it's not because it wasn't good, it's because of how good it was, and how tough it was, and how well it was um, presented. It, it uh, Clearly, it stressed both of us out. Yeah, and it made me wonder, and please write this down, seriously. Yeah. Because um, I think this would be an interesting future topic for okay. when we have a different episode. Um, I was thinking today, like for a while, why is it that we like enjoy or want to watch movies like that that are like it wasn't fun, it wasn't enjoyable, it was a really good movie, but I don't know, I just don't really have the answers to that. That's. I think. Um... I'm just finishing my note there. Even like um, sad music, it's helps you feel it's, better. It's but, re- like, it's yeah. relatability, right? I think is a big part of it, and it's. It's empathize. We human beings want to reciprocate and want to empathize with each other. I guess that's we true. crave that kind of human connection. And when you can make that connection through any sort of artistic medium, and you feel the emotion that is put into it and portrayed, and you feel it in a visceral gut level, like you and I did, that's something that'll stick with you. And I'll tell you, um, this movie Lock has stuck with me. Yeah. As I was hanging up laundry today, I was thinking of like the emotion that it elicited in me, and I and you both watched it not in one sitting. Correct. Uh, just because of uh, time and life and stuff like that. Uh, Which so, I don't like doing, but no. I think this was an okay movie to do that with. Uh-huh. It was okay. Now, some things that the I really don't have like a lot um, to say against it, uh, but... The one thing that I kind of didn't like was there are scenes where he talks to his father, like his imagine, like he's imagining conversations, mm-hmm. one-sided conversations with his father, whom he imagines is watching his son deal with the this catastrophe from the backseat of his car. Yeah. And I felt like those conversations were a little overplayed. And, and I mean, I think everybody has those kinds of conversations, like, like you're, you're talking to somebody out loud by yourself while you're in the car or I don't really have ever done like that. that. Well, I think, well, you know, that's just your lack of neuroses that you have to deal with. I guess. But that's a great point. But I, but I think that those scenes, just to finish, were just, just ever so slightly over the top mm-hmm. and they did bring me out a bit and they were a little cartoony and the sentiments that he was putting out however valid they might have been were just a little too blase a little too passe and a little too run of the mill for what the rest of the movie was how grounded it was yeah and see this is actually a great example of what i was talking about with uh, ambiguity is i think it would have been great if somebody referenced or he referenced um that his father wasn't really there for him and then kind of left it at that. I think it didn't... Like, at one point, he's like, you know, you came back to me and you said you stopped smoking dope and you stopped drinking. And I'm like, well, that's kind of just needless exposition, you know? Like, I would rather understand he has... Yeah, that was the only part where the script felt a little, like... Contrived. Eh, yeah. Like, if you were reading this, you might think twice before... uh, Mm -hmm. Before reading it out or acting it. That said, though... In closing, for me, and then you can. Um, 
I think this movie is incredibly objectively good in that yeah. I I don't really think like you don't have to enjoy it of course. Um but I don't think you can dispute that like the cinematography was very good, the acting was very good, um the script and storyline were very good, like the pacing and length were perfect. It wasn't too long, you know. Um it was the perfect length actually. So in that regard, I think they did a very good job. Uh, I think it was Rob Roger Ebert, I think, who said that uh, all good movies are machines for empathy. Mm. I think that's a legitimate quote of his. Um, and uh, <laughs> I like how I felt the need to like validate that completely needlessly. But that's real. I'm telling it's you, it's real. Seriously, guys. It's gonna be great. But yeah, and that's exactly what this movie does. Mm. Uh, visually, which I haven't touched on yet, uh, like gorgeous, yeah. just sumptuous, glorious visuals that you just want to sink your teeth into. He's driving along, and the other car's headlights or the streetlights are just these rivers of bokeh yeah. flowing past on his windows. You see his face. His face, like you mentioned, actually has that yellowish tinge that somebody's face gets underneath the streetlights yeah. through the the UV protection of oh, the... Oh, so good. And, and he looks exhausted and haggard, not because they've caked his face with makeup, but because of Tom's excellent acting and because of that lighting. Everybody's been in that lighting. Yeah. Everybody's driven late into the night and felt that. And I felt like I was in there with him. Um, I The ending shot as well, I really, really liked. Yeah, um, I agree. It, was, it just felt good. Yeah. Like, it felt like... A release. It f- yeah. The movie felt like, and I'm, this is just coming to me now, like we dropped into his life and then ascended back out of it. Yeah, I agree. And and it didn't feel like it was abrupt or random. It felt like it was, it made sense, and it felt like it felt like we helped him. Yeah. In a lot of ways, it felt like we 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 were with him. We saw him through this difficult time and then sent him on his way, and. And now that now that I say that, it, it has given me a, a lighter and more joyful retrospective on the film. Yeah. I mean, the movie's not, like, morbidly depressing. It's not, It but it's very tense. Yes. And it's not tense because you're wondering necessarily what the outcome will be. It's tense because you're there with him. Yeah. Uh, and for that, it's I think... It's almost tense because you know what the outcome will exactly, be. Exactly, yeah. And for that, I think it's it's an it's an amazingly good and severely underrated film that... Most people, fans of independent cinema, should see maybe once. Yeah. Now that I'm talking about it, I kind of want to go back and see it. But I know it's going to be a long time before I work up the nerve. Just because of how good it was. Anyway, I think that's it. Yeah. Try not to talk quite as loud. Mom and dad are asleep. You got a little bit fired up there, though. That's okay. They can't really... You'd be amazed at how how, uh, poorly sound... Like... When I was recording... Do you mean how well soundproof the house is? How poorly sound travels is what oh, I was okay. saying. Yeah, yeah. Like, did you hear me recording on February 21st when I was no. recording well, my was brand new EP 1421 in the dead of night? Because the last song that I was recording uh, was, it took me a long time to nail, and it was decently loud, and I kept feeling very anxious and kept hearing and thinking that I heard people walking around but it's you'd be amazed at how quiet sounds are
<coughs> Roman lips. <coughs> Jeez. Some of, you would not believe what just came out of there. Some of that was dramatic. Okay. Roman lips. Omar Rodriguez Lopez is a, Rodriguez. believe it or not, believe it or not, American born. I thought he was Mexican for sure, but I was wrong. He may be Mexican and, in and terms of like well, ethnicity. Yeah, okay. Ethnically Mexican. He's one of them good old boys, Mes- though. Mexically ethican. <laughs> ethnically Mexican. But he's, he was born and raised in Texas, I believe. And uh, he's ridiculous. He is... Did you know that he's into not only music, but he's also into film... And he wrote, directed, and starred in an independent film. I can't remember the title of it. And photography. He's published like two or three volumes of photography, I think. Uh, And aside from that, I went on his Wikipedia page. And I I tried to count his album credits. And I gave up, Jason. I gave up at around 60. And I estimate he has well over 100 album credits. And the guy is 41 years old. He has released 50, 50 some solo albums. Again, I gave I up counting. Thirty one. No, I'm pretty sure he's released fifty solo albums. Okay. Um, he's released three albums this year, and it's February. Uh, he he had a band called the Mars Volta, who that I then learned split up in as either 2012 or 2014, but I can't remember right now. Um, who were probably what he'd be best known from. For. Um. No, he's known from that band. I guess that's true. Uh, but the guy is just, he's a powerhouse. And he's garnered a significant but small following of, of loyal fans, as many musicians do in this day and age. And uh, through the magic of the internet, I was suggested uh, his solo, solo work um, through a guitar forum. And I stumbled upon this album, Roman Lips, and the sound, how would we describe it? It's its a heavy, dense, um, guitar-driven sound with uh, strong elements of synth. And buried in percussion. It. I, I don't think the percussion's very buried, but... I mean, you do you. It's free country, free to be wrong. Um, it was released January 13th of this year, the year of our Lord, 2017. And yeah, it is Roman Lips. I'll go first, since you went first last time. You're so kind. No, wait. No, you go first, because I just went. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> Hello again, everybody. None of them <sighs> missed you. My forearms are so sore. Yeah, his Blackberry is massively heavy, everybody. Okay. My forearms are rippling with lips. muscle. And for the record, these are like lips from Rome instead of lips which Rome. Which well, personally, I'm, not, I'm not known for contracting. Personally, I think Roaming Lips would have been arguably a better album title. He's got some... Okay, Chocolate Tumor Hormone Parade <laughs> is... An objectively amazing album. Yes, title. you can't even. No, I wouldn't. You can't I even laugh at that. I can. It's that's such a good album title. He's got some doozies though. Okay, 
So I think this album is... It's very incredible that someone who puts out so much music can put out something... You got something to I'm say? So, I'm sorry. Okay. So I think it's very impressive that someone can put out this much music and then put this out and it doesn't seem like tired or stale or anything. And there's so much going on it. Like, it, it's not a simple album. No. It's no bony bear, that's for sure. It's not White Stripes. <laughs> I, ba- I could bang that out in a weekend. White Stripes, best music of our time. Heck off. Yeah. Meg. Um, I hate Meg White so much. Let's do a podcast Meg White. That. That's what I call her. Meg White. Learn to drum, you complete buffoon. Um, Whoa! Sexist pig! You know what? You're free to be a drummer. It's not sexist if it's Meg White. That would yeah. be a great t-shirt. <laughs> it's not sexist. If uh, if there was a dude who's in a band who I knew of who is just as bad as Meg White, I would call on it too. Here. That's not edgy. She doesn't suck because she's a woman. She just uh, that's <laughs> totally true. Sucks. Yeah. You know what? Some okay, giant woman drummers out there. Oh man, I mean the drummer from Skillet. You know, <laughs> she's no, she's in Skillet. I'm sorry. Yeah, you know. No. You have my they're, deepest they're sympathies. They're headlining uh, Wonder Jam this year. Frick yeah. And as a result of that, I somehow ended up on their Facebook page looking at their <laughs> profile. And I was like, guys, wearing wearing black leather fingerless gloves hasn't been cool since... Since... Wait a second. No, it's never been cool, actually. And you're getting and you too know old for it. And How you know old what? are they? Like 40? Oh, no. They gotta be like 50-ish. They have to be around there. I know. Their drummer's just... not that old. Uh, no probably way. not. Probably maybe no late thirties. But it's just, and it is getting cringier and cringier oh, by the man. year. Like honestly, and some people are like comatose. A good album, and I'm like, it's really but not objectively. But speaking in terms of relativity, it's not good. No, no. Relative to art, they have their moments. They're called silences. Yeah, okay. spaces in between the yeah. tracks. That's I'm artful. Like, artful. It's like, it's like when you've got the diarrhea that hurts, and then <laughs> just like sploop. and then <laughs> sploop. and then the spaces in between the painful burst fire of the diarrhea where you aren't racked with pain in your abdomen, but you're you're not racked by with pains and it feels euphoric. Very seldom is diarrhea really painful. It's deeply, deeply uncomfortable. Uh mm, but does it really cause you like pain pain? Like it's very uncomfortable and unpleasant and horrible. But I'm never like oh clearly you've never drank me. paint. True. Get on with your review. So as I said, very impressive considering his prolific output. If you showed me this album, I wouldn't guess it was by somebody who had, you know, like, dozens and dozens and dozens of album credits to his name. Um, But I really found, and I found when I first listened to this album, I was like, this is amazing. But then as I dug a little bit deeper, I actually soured on it quite a bit, which we haven't talked about at all. Um, I listened to the whole album tonight as I was driving. Just as kind of like a last minute sort of thing. I probably should have. Um, and I just thought it really lacked 
any track-to-track dynamic or progression or individuality with the extent or with the exception of the last track which i feel was a great last track um i don't know okay sorry yeah i gotta be honest with you i don't have any track specifics down here really you didn't do your three favorites no i jason okay go find it on your phone okay i will um well i'll do that while you do your review actually okay fine and then we'll circle back to me good enough um but i really think that tracks lacked individuality not compared to other music because i think it has its own unique sound but compared to each other they all seemed very like he kept his amps on the same settings and the synth on the same settings and like sometimes there's cool bass sometimes there's not um (laughs) that could be used to describe all music Sometimes there's cool bass, but sometimes there's not. Yeah, well, I'm saying that's one of the only variables I, know, I Jason, thought. I know. I'm okay. just giving you a hard time because we're brothers. Welcome to the Good Shit Brothership, everybody. You're on board with Grant and Jason, two brothers who are two, hilarious two. and like the arts. We're not hilarious. Here's the thing. Yes, we are. Here's the thing. Yes, we are. I think as people, actually, no, not. I think as people, we're not very funny. I think as brothers, we're hilarious. No, I think, I, I would think, honestly, if. If I could pick one positive thing about myself, it would be that I'm pretty funny. Always have been. Yeah. I would say I've always had very good uh, collarbones. Mine are pretty good, too. Look at this. I got some depth here. Yeah, you're not bad. Yeah. And I'm fat, too. Tweet us pictures of your collarbones. Yeah. At the... um, Yeah. Okay. So, one thing I did really appreciate was the fact that um, it's so heavy without being filled with, like, this testosterone and distortion and double kick, which is fine, but it really is, like, heavy just through through the overall mix and, like, feel and tone, and I think that that's something a lot of heavier bands could take note of, which is something that we had discussed earlier. I yeah. know. Yeah. Ugh. Jeez, I'm getting gassy. It's always happens when talking, I stay Talking does that, though. Um, Especially when you're talking and drinking. Let's see. I found it very hard to understand his lyrics. Uh, and what I wrote down here is... Uh, I'm just going to read what I have written. Although this isn't inherently bad, I think if the vocals are hard to understand, the instrumentation has to have accessible depth. Not necessarily tons of layers, but enough hidden stuff that you stay engaged. So my example of that would be 22 A Million by Bon Iver or uh, Radiohead's album. Heck, what's that album called? The really Richard good one. Pool? Um, or In Rainbows. In Rainbows. Both of those albums, it's like hard to understand the vocalist oftentimes, but it's so airy, so spacious. There's a ton of stuff for you to focus on. This album, I felt like all the music blended together, not necessarily in a bad way, but it was just like one chunk of sound, you know, it was very dense. Yeah. And then his vocals were kind of buried in there, which I, I do think it, was to his detriment. I would liken it to humanity's earliest attempts at crafting gluten-free bread. Yeah, it's just which we we ate, uh, you and I, and we've never because been the same we were since. we were on the crest. We were the foam on the tip of the gluten-free wave. Now people and, talk uh, about hipsters that, are gluten-free and vegan. We're the OGs. Oh, man, were we ever. Oh, those were bad days. Do you remember some of the stuff we ate, like the potato starch bread and now, stuff? Okay, here's the Hold quick... on, though. Hold on, Thank son. You. 
You know what the bread was like in those days, people? You know what suet is that you put up for your birds? Imagine suet, a cake of suet, with every every bit of moisture removed, and it crumbles and sticks to the roof of your mouth, mm. and it, it's so all, good. That's exactly so what gluten free bread used to be like. Now I have a quick story to tell. Oh yeah, is it um, about gluten free bread? It's about gluten free food. <laughs> we should make this a se- uh, so. section on the podcast. Bread, bread talk. So. Toaster talk. I don't think we've talked about this for years, like literally, despite the fact that it's a shared experience. <laughs> so back in uh, October of 2008, both when uh, I guess Grant would have been nervous. 13 and I would have been 9, our parents went to Africa and our aunt came from uh, up north to babysit us for the 10 or 11 days. Um, and at the time, there was a type of porridge we like to make and you do it on a stove with almond milk we used almond breeze and it was very sweet had a lot of sugar made it bearable but it was also like glue like uh like caulking for your bathtub oh yeah that stuff was i forgot but i enjoyed it at the time but when she was here our our aunt she was like you guys surely don't have to use milk for all of this the package says milk or water we'll just use water and so we used water and it was like it went from bathtub grout to cement you remember that did it stick to the pot? I think so. And it was so uninspired. Well, gluten-free food oh. often is. That was it. Go ahead. Uh, my, return? Re- my review's done. Okay. I also get, said... Get that album up. I know a lot of people actually really hate like numbers on things. For some reason, I enjoy like putting a number on something. Even it's if it's a review. Yeah, really? even if it's like a loose number. Like, Don't hold me to this. So I said I'd give this a 7 out of 10. I think it was good, but... I don't know. I don't think it was great, honestly. Yeah, and that's perfectly fine. Um, I... Whoa! I quite enjoyed this album. Um, it, re- it took me by surprise, first off, which is always pleasant. Um, I heard the, uh, the opening track, which is entitled Roman Lips. Oh no, it's being a blackberry and you can't find the album because it says the sim cards on it we might not have the track list in That's which case fine. my three favorite there's... tracks are the one the other and the third i think uh there's 14 of them um it took me by surprise um i had listened to a little bit of the mars volta stuff a number of years ago but it hadn't really struck me as something that that uh it hadn't really struck me you know what? I'm just going to leave it at that and walk away from that sentence. Uh, Omar is credited on Wikipedia, and this album just came out, so we might find out more, as playing synths, guitar, sequencers, production. And uh, I believe he also uh, sings in all the songs. So the guy's also, you know, He's very, a good singer. very multi-talented. He is a good singer. I wish it wasn't and buried so much. And that will, I'll carry that right through to, you really can understand the lyrics. Can or cannot? Can't. Right. You really cannot understand much of the lyrics at all. There there are moments when they poke through, and they seem to be pretty good, for the most part. Um, but of course, his, his album titles are so weird and out there that you kind of expect his lyrics to do the same. I don't think they're as out there as we think they are. However, and this is coming from me. 
if I listen to a song like three times and I don't get the mm-hmm. the lyrics, you know me. I'm not impressed. I walk away. I was not bothered by the fact that I couldn't understand the lyrics. And I can only put it down to, um, I think the production is very cohesive and it, it really stays true to itself all throughout the, the album's experience. It's not an album, like you said, that tries to range, it doesn't traipse across a bunch of different genres. Um, and I kind of like that. Because so many albums do attempt to, they travel from rock, and then they touch on hip-hop, and then they touch on pop, and then there's a little bit of blues in there, but watch out, because here comes the disco song. Unfortunately, NF doesn't do that. Yeah, you're right. He just, I'm still not convinced that NF's songs aren't actually all just the same song. That you, do you want to hear? Do you want to hear my impression of an NF song? No. But you could really anyway. say the same for Omar. Uh, you but just be you, like, you could not. You could not interpret his. Yeah, that's that's very dank. That's enough of that. I, I totally disagreed with you when you said that you thought the synth and guitar all sounded the same. I thought there was a pretty wide variance in tones. The problem, or not the problem, the issue is, it's all it's the music comes at you. It's it's hot and claustrophobic and dense and heavy humid i would even say it's definitely humid it's you can feel sweat in these songs uh my my three tracks that i picked were roman lips which is the um uh track that comes off the top deadlight and still nobody's is that like that song with a thumping like that yeah no it goes yeah. You know, and it's got the amazing squelchy kind of synth bass that That's a gets great me song. every time. Now, this album hasn't changed anything for me really. Uh, there were a couple good, like in Deadlight, that synth bass bit um, that I am kind of listening to and studying uh, for tips and tricks on how to make that sort of sound work in my future projects. But it's n- not something that. Um, made me approach anything any differently. Uh, I think it's it's a really cool album, though. Um, I have written down here that the guitar riff in Bitter Tears is amazing, and it, I can't remember it off the top of my head. Note for note, I can't hum it for you, but it is amazing. Um, and some amazing synth lines and whatnot. Um, it, is a, it is a Sonic Buffet, though. That would be a great band name. Sonic, yeah, I guess. But it is it is a great album, like a lot of great albums, I'd imagine, to put on, and I haven't done this yet, put on Drive, and just pick things apart. Just go, oh, what's that sound there? And then you, you listen to that. It's very rich. And I'd there... like to deliver an anecdote. Yeah, okay. If I may. Yeah. Um, so, I was driving, I had about like a half hour drive each way tonight. And so I thought, this is great. I'll put on Roman lips and I'll really like pull it apart. And I found, and I wasn't tired or anything, but I found, I kept like just zoning out and it would be in the background. 
And I would say this happened three times, and I kept being like, okay, come on, like, focus, listen to it, like, you gotta think about it. And then it kind of hit me, I was like, it's such a great album, and this is not a cri- like a, a criticism, it's such a great album to have on just when you're, like, passing the miles, like, just in the background, and that's, you know, no bad thing. Um, and so I do think it's really good for that, and then, like, the repetition doesn't bother me at all, so... You just mentioned that, so I don't know. Yeah, um, I, I also think that the album is deceptively broad, stylistically speaking. Uh, I think that on a couple initial passes, you give it a couple of listens, and it does sound very samey, because not even necessarily because of the production, but just because A, one guy is doing so much of it, and B, he's not trying like I said, he's not trying to traipse across a whole bunch of genres. Um, and C, it's just the production. But right? listen to Rodriguez. They're all kind of produced the same, and it's one guy, and he doesn't traipse across a lot of genres. But, but his tracks have so much more individuality. But therein lies what the first thing I said that you forgot. Wow, that got passive-aggressive really quickly. Captain Attention Man. That was like, To the geez. rescue. Captain Attention Man. It was passive aggressive, and I meant for it to seem more comedic than it did. <laughs> it just I didn't. I didn't. Of... I legitimately wasn't mad. This is all the but fan anyway. theories start that you hate me. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. But no, the um, it, I think part of that is because Omar did so much of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it does. It's mostly all made by the same guy, so it, of course it's going to sound uh, uh, a little a little samey, and maybe that's just what he's shooting for. Um, but there are some, in some of the late, latter tracks on the album, some really interesting, like, pop melodies yeah, that he sings. Fair. And it was some soaring, even, melodies mm-hmm. that are kind of distorted and washed out and buried. And uh, I found I found them just surprising and kind of rewarding a couple, listens, a couple listens in. Um, I, it was still giving back to me, you know. Um, I don't think it's... Um, and like an amazing album, but I think it's a really, really good album, and uh, I think it's better, better than I know yet, perhaps. And I think that um, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, it feels like I'm missing something from it. I know what you mean yeah. because because I feel like I should, I should love it, but I don't love it. Mm-hmm. But that sounds like I'm insulting it or putting it down or saying it's not good. But it is. It's a very good album. Yeah, I enjoyed it for sure. I it's think a it's very, a good very album. good album. Very, very well made. I loved the production. Really, I loved the production. Yeah. I do like, I do like a good dense sounding album. Take a listen to David Bowie's Heroes. Very dense, hot mix on that. Um, but yeah, I just haven't been able to really make that deeper level of connection with it and that's okay i have one closing thing to say once you're done are you done i'm done i think um and saying this as a artist and creator myself it's important not to like overthink things and to be intuitive as a creator and as an artist but at the same time i think it's also important to kind of wait until you have something to say and I just feel like he can't have as much to say as, like, to justify the amount of content he puts out. Well, and I think it would be very interesting to see him go on hiatus for a little while and then put something out that was, like, truly special. It's some people's modus operandi, though, to yeah. put out 
And who knows? Maybe he did have something. Maybe he does have something. That's exactly what tortures me. What is he trying to say? Because I don't know what he's trying to say. Who can say as much as he has and have it be like truly, truly good? Well, well, here's the thing, though. With the amount of um, stuff he puts out, he could be making a massive uh, amount of small statements as opposed to a small amount of massive yeah, statements. Yeah, that's true. So he's definitely not operating on a large scale in terms of the concepts of his work, or at least I doubt he is. Um, but, you know, and there are, there are also just tons of bands yeah. uh, who are considered very, very good, or artists, not necessarily bands, um, who don't do big, broad you know, concept or themed albums and they just write about kind of whatever strikes them from track to track. So I don't know. I don't, I don't think that that's, that's not something that really bothered me, that's true. but there you have it. So I feel it's I, a good album. I think I felt quite similar about both. I think I liked Locke more than Roman lips, but I think I felt the same in terms of, I enjoyed both, but I just didn't like love both. It's just, it's really hard to say that I liked Locke though. Because of like we said, how yeah, I didn't how enjoy it. it. Feel yeah, I didn't enjoy the the experience, the emotions it put me through. But how the fact that it was able to make me uh, go through those emotions was uh, deeply impressive. Yeah, and, and nothing short of moving afterward. And it it has been a movie uh, that stuck with me, and it's stuck with me more than Roman Lips has. Yeah. I think I liked both of these things more than you liked them. Yeah, that's fair. But, um, but like I said, neither of them really transformed me. Neither of them really, really changed anything for me. And before we wrap up too much, my three tracks that I'm going to pick are Bitter Tears. Yep. I had a note about that one. Deadlight. I would have to agree. That bass is just like... It really is thumping. And then I would say Fish Tank really took me off guard. Just this last time I listened to it, I was like, man, this is like really unique and different and like a total and exception there, to the rule of this album. Are there 14 tracks in there? A one, a two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. See, 14. and the, <clears throat> that's an issue for me, like right off the bat. 14 track album. You could have, he could have released a. 10 track album even a seven or eight like he could have halved the track length and the album would have been better than it is yeah um nine times out of well not nine times well i'm I'm gonna say nine times out of ten an album can stand to lose at least one track yeah and oftentimes it can stand to lose more and sometimes it can stand to lose a whole half of the album Looking at you, Red Hot Chili Peppers. All their all the Red Hot Chili Peppers albums are huge. Yeah, yeah, they're all like twenty tracks. All the ones that I can think of, anyways. Dudes, just chill and only release good music, and maybe broaden your palette a little bit. Be more like our friends, Tom York and Johnny Greenwood. Yeah, but actually, no. You know what? I'm not even gonna. We got Omar, Omar Rodriguez played with some of the guys from Red Hot Chili Peppers, so that's cool. the end of that. And now I guess we'll just let this play out a little bit. Land ho! I, yeah, land ho, everybody! <laughs> Can you hear the land? We're nearing the land of hoes. 
So get ready to pick one up and do some gardening. Uh, I'm Grant. I'm Jason. And you've been with us on the Good Ship Brothership. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you, and good night, but we don't know what. Don't <laughs> 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 <laughs>